Welcome to MemberMaker, a podcast about how to build a sustainable membership business. I'm your host, Ward Sandler, the co-founder of MemberSpace. Today, I'll be chatting with Ayelet Marinovich, founder of Learn With Less, formerly Strength in Words, about the origins of her membership business, utilizing local groups and social media to build an audience, and the importance of understanding the needs of your customers to grow your product. Hey there, Ayelet. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Ward. Nice to be here. Yeah. So let everybody know a little bit about your business and what you do. Sure. So my name is Ayelet and I run a company. It's a parent education company and it's called Strength in Words. And basically I help families with infants and toddlers feel more confident and empowered to do that big job of raising tiny humans by helping them understand that they already have everything that they need to help their babies learn and develop. I like that. It's a good little pitch. It really makes them feel comfortable, right? (laughs) (laughs) I've worked on that a lot. It's not perfect. (laughs) That's good. It's good. So within that, what what are you actually, I guess, to put it bluntly, what are you selling exactly to people? Sure. So it's interesting because I think, you know, the baby industry would have us believe that, there's so many, there's toys out there and there's things out there and there's gears out there and you need all of them to help your baby and to be the best parent that you can be. And I don't buy it. (laughs) As I have a background as a pediatric speech language pathologist and my work there is primarily with early intervention. So working with families with infants and toddlers. And I know that play is how we support development. And I think basically the first question that we ask as new parents is, okay, well, what do I need to buy to help my child? What what do they need? What do I need to get? And the answer is you don't need to get anything. It is already in your house. It's attached to you. It's in the quality of interactions and the time that you're already spending and the energy that you're already expending. So with all that said, I can't <laughs> I can't recommend great baby toys. I can't sell, you know, baby gear because I don't truly believe in it. What I can provide is an education. So I sell what I call the learn with less curriculum, which is essentially a week by week development and activity guide for playing with your baby from birth to 3 years because I believe that when we are sort of equipped and empowered with that knowledge of how our children are actually learning and what they are learning about, then we get to see the ways that often we're already doing it and the ways in which the sort of developmental value of any given material, you know, the developmental value of a laundry basket and a sort of hand-carved organically stained wooden drum is exactly the same. It's a matter of how how you use it. So I, I sell knowledge and practical experiences. And I use a four-pillar framework of play, talk, sing, and move to help parents interact with their child and see what they're already doing and how they're already sort of winning it. <laughs> yeah, I like that. So it's a week-by-week guide for three years, give or take. Um, and how does, the, how does the billing work for that? Is it all up front or is it is it month to month or how does that work? So I have two ways that people can engage with the curriculum. I have two books which are out and available through my website or through Amazon. And that's sort of the DIY version. And then I have a monthly or annual membership 
that you can receive the curriculum as an email every week. And you get the information that you need exactly when you need it. So you say your baby is two weeks old, then you start with the two-week-old module or lesson. And that includes a text-based email, a audio download, and then a member's area where they can see how other families in video or story or photo are engaging with the curriculum and sort of synthesize that information and engage with other families. Nice. I like that. Now, how did this start? Like at first, I assume you didn't just launch with a membership program like this. Were you just doing individual one-on-one clients and then it evolved or what's the story there? Sure. So way back when I started this business, when my own son was born, not way back when he's five now, <laughs> but when I had my own child, I was living far away from my own home. We were My husband and I are from California originally, and we were living in London in the UK. So we were far from anyone or anything that we knew as far as systems and all that. So I did what I thought was brilliant at the time, which was to basically bribe people to come and hang out with me and be my friends. Because I knew that new parenthood is so isolating. So I was like, well, I know something about play. I know how to play with a tiny baby. And that's actually something that does not feel obvious to many people. So I basically bribed people to come and play with me (laughs) with their babies. And I led these groups out of my home. And that got bigger and bigger. And then we left London and I decided that I wanted to take that online uh, and go wherever I went. So I started a podcast, which is the Strength in Words podcast, and I wanted to monetize it somehow. And I knew that that sort of curriculum that I would I had been working with, that I had developed organically through my own needs, through what my baby was experiencing, through the the needs of and questions of my friends who were also experiencing early parenthood. And I was just writing down essentially what I was doing and what we were doing. And so that developed into, at first, a, a course that people could buy that got sent directly to their email. But I had a hard time because I didn't know anything about becoming an online business owner or business owner in general. I didn't really know how to scale that and I couldn't automate it. So I then started the membership program where I had people engaging with the curriculum within a membership site. And I had other other things going on, like parent education programming, which is still a benefit of the membership today, and live workshops that people could attend that were either sort of parent support groups or parent education programming where they could engage with a guest that I had on and directly ask them, you know, for a live Q&A their own questions, whether it was involving, you know, raising a child bilingually or what is sensory processing or how do I do this or that, you know, emotional development or early language development. So basically I am using my podcast and the guests on the podcast as live events within my community where the community members get additional access to those people and then the replays of those great live events as well. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely a lot of stuff. I mean, that, that's great from a member's perspective. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure they feel like they're getting, yeah, like a lot of value. So when you first launched the membership, what, what were you charging? So I had no idea whether people would pay for an ongoing thing and I wanted it to be accessible and I wanted to figure out just what I was doing. So I did a initial founding member rate of, I believe it was $8 a month, just to sort of try it out. (laughs) And then I slowly raised that up and now it's at $29 a month. I assume you're also providing more for people in between the $8 starting point and the $29 point now, right? Yeah, absolutely. Members get access to similar things, but delivered in a more accessible way, if that makes sense. So now the curriculum is delivered actually directly to their inbox again, with a very sort of streamlined way of bringing them back into the members area exactly where they want to be. And I also have additional sort of bonus courses and useful ways of engaging with your child in different ways. And they're organized in you know, very logical ways under different topics. I've also, you know, over time gotten to understand what my audience needs, what are their biggest challenges. And so I organize the content that I create around those challenges, around those topics. So whether that's sort of, you know, setting limits and managing a toddler's behavior or organizing a learning environment or understanding various areas of development, those kinds of things. So there's, I would say that now it's number one, there's a a huge library of resources that has been grown up and is organized in a sort of obvious and palatable way. And there are additional resources that they can access that are exclusive to the community. Gotcha. So let's shift a little bit to trying to understand how you initially built an audience for this. So initially you said you were doing the the group thing in London and then eventually you decided to launch an online course. So take me back to the beginning, you know, day one, when you were trying to get the groups thing going, how did you even have anyone to tell about that? (laughs) So I was, in a new place, like I said, and I didn't really know anybody, but I was pregnant when we moved there. So I started attending a like a prenatal yoga session or class in my neighborhood. And I started seeking out what kinds of resources there were for pregnant and new parents. And I just started sort of making friends. And I got my name out a little bit as far as what my background was. I couldn't technically work as a speech language pathologist yet because my license had not come through and transferred, but I could work as a parent educator. So with that sort of prenatal yoga class that I was attending while I was pregnant, as the friends that I had made and I were getting closer and closer to when the babies would come out, I asked the the class instructor whether I could do like a little bit of a discussion about early development and then sort of promote the idea that I was having to get together after babies were were out and as new parents. There's also a lot more infrastructure (laughs) in the UK for new parents and parent support. So I was able to sort of connect with other local organizations or resources and get the word out of about this thing that I was doing for local parents. And it was really nice because 
There's also more opportunity for new parents to enjoy early parenthood because of the way, like I said, the infrastructure is set up. Uh, so people are not always rushing to to go back to work and find childcare. So I did have a lot of new moms, but also new dads. I had some nannies and caregivers and grandparents in the audience, and all of them brought their own unique perspective, which was wonderful. And because it was London, it was really great because people were from all over the world. So I got to experience, you know, brand new parenthood with lots of different kinds of people who had lots of different ideas about what being a parent was and how to parent and but we were all having the same questions, which was, what do I do with this tiny human? And how do I ensure that I'm doing it right and doing enough? And what do I need? You know, so that was how the sort of live group component came up. And then when we left, I decided to start a, the podcast, knowing absolutely nothing about podcasting at the time. This was in, I think, February of 2016. I wrote up a little script, recorded it, and then Googled how to start a podcast and <laughs> submitted it to iTunes nice. and started a website. It was, I mean, it was so ridiculous looking back. I'm like, oh man, I, I really could have launched it, <laughs> but I had no idea how to do that at the time. And I, I didn't know what I didn't know. So it felt totally feasible. And it was, honestly, but that made it a longer hall of building an audience with the podcast because I didn't have any kind of, you know, exciting audience building strategies. <laughs> I didn't even know what those were at the time. Right. But as I started to look into, okay, well, how, how come nobody's listening? <laughs> I started to, you know, create more of a social media presence. I started an email list pretty early and... Yeah, within, let's see, February was when I started the podcast. And then I launched what is now the Learn With Less curriculum in November with, I think I had like 250 people on my email list. And 10 people bought it as an email course, which looking back now is kind of amazing. Like, that's great numbers. That's an amazing conversion rate. But of course, at the time, I was like, why didn't everyone buy? <laughs> I know they're here because they like what I'm saying. Why aren't they all buying? But of course, no, no list has a 100% conversion rate as far as as sales. So that's okay. But yeah, so so really primarily through the podcast. And then through other social media channels is how I've built an audience. And then building relationships with other bloggers and podcasters as well has really helped us as, as well. So when I launched the books, that was huge. I've appeared on lots of other podcasts and blogs and done guest posts and stuff. And then when, of course, when I have my own guests on my podcast, that that creates and, and establishes a really nice relationship with other other people in a similar or overlapping niche. And I love that. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I really like the kind of organic nature of how you built it up, but then you went into more of the traditional audience growing things. But that really is a good place to start because you don't need any money or anything to start building up like a community of sorts in the beginning. Totally. And again, like I didn't know anything about the whole online business world. I didn't know that like taking online courses about stuff was something that people did except through universities, you know, and I didn't know anything about membership sites except for, you know, Netflix, the ones that I was already part of that were more traditional. So 
it really opened me up. And I also was not really a big podcast listener until I created a podcast. I just thought it was a great format for what I wanted to do. Since then, of course, I have learned so much and and been just amazed by what people build and the new economy and how it's just open for the taking and you just have to learn. And it's so cool. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So are there any other, you know, aside from audience building t- tactics, which are similar to marketing, but somewhat different because marketing is more directly related to sales, right? So are there any marketing tactics you've tried that have kind of worked pretty well for you? Yeah. I mean, I try to create excitement around sort of campaigns. I like to try to build excitement around a certain time frame. So I'll start with some kind of question that people are asking, and then I'll build that up to how do other people say say this problem? How are other people experiencing this problem? And then I'll t- then I'll sort of talk more about how I like to solve the problem. And then I'll build that up to here's what I have to solve that problem (laughs) that you can purchase if you want to solve the problem in the way I've presented it. So that's sort of one way is just sort of setting a schedule for the kinds of campaigns that I want to be running based on the kinds of things I'm hearing my audience dealing with. But also... I have an ongoing sort of opt-in, of course, from my website, which is Infant and Toddler Development Blueprint, which I use to do list building. I have it all over my website, but then I also have a Facebook ad running to cold traffic, and that helps me build my audience as well and my list. And then of course, social media. I'm most active on Facebook and Instagram because I find that a lot of my people are there and I, I would love to use Pinterest more, but it hasn't been the biggest priority for me. So that's, that's next. <laughs> yeah. Which of all the channels you just mentioned, which one is, would you say is the most effective for you? Probably Facebook. None of us know how when and how things will change. We know that they will, right? That growth from one channel is is inevitably going to be <laughs> something that shifts into something else. But uh, for the time being, and pretty consistently, I have seen that most of my new parents have traditionally been on Facebook. I have a obviously a Facebook page, but then I also have a, a group and I post to my, you know, on my personal profile as well mostly just the kinds of things that that interest me which happen to also be about parenting because I am a parent as well but yeah i think facebook has probably been the single most useful channel for me um followed closely by instagram gotcha so have there been any marketing or audience building tactics you've tried that just haven't really worked can you think of any examples sure i've tried a couple of challenges and i think that that can help certainly with like audience growth or list building, but I think really getting the messaging right and including the right amount of information within say a challenge to then also show what's possible in the actual pro that leads into a product that you're selling. I find to be particularly difficult. I find that to be a really hard thing to, to get that balance. Right. I also, Oh, I had another one and then it escaped me. Oh, giveaways. I find the giveaways are great for like getting sort of your name and your brand out there as 
but I don't find that they help me create um, an audience of of buyers, but rather rather more sort of freebie seekers, which is fine. I mean, I have a ton of great free content for people to use and to enjoy. And I still believe in the need for accessible resources for all families. That's a primary value of mine. But I also need to be able to pay my bills so that I can keep creating them. Right, right. And that that's the, the flip side of the coin, which, yeah, it's not immoral to, to charge for things. But uh, yeah, if, as long as you're providing value along the way, I think, I think that's a nice way to kind of do both things. So kind of in closing here, are there, are there any resources you'd recommend in terms of books, courses you've taken, other podcasts that, you know, are particularly helpful in terms of uh, building a membership business that, that, you, that you've, that you've uh, gone through? Yeah, sure. So I have found that Tara McMullen's resources are excellent. She runs the What Works podcast and has created an entire ecosystem around what works for small businesses and how in her own business, her podcast feeds into her membership as well. So that's been a really fun thing because I think her content in general is just really useful. And I love hearing about how other people are doing their businesses and what's working for them. And the other great resource that I have really benefited from has been uh, Ryan Levesque's Ask, Ask Method. And I I love the way that he has really built his entire business on helping people really understand who their audience is and what they're actually saying and asking for rather than what we think they're they're saying. So those two combined have been just phenomenal resources for me. And then also Donald Miller's Story Brand. I love that book. I love everything he says about creating story around your people, because of course we all want insight into the brands that we invest in and we do that by building stories. So those would be my main, my main one. Great. Thanks so much. And yeah. And just in closing, where would people go if they want to learn more, more about you? Sure. My website is strengthinwords.com. My podcast is strength in words. So if you have or are expecting an infant or a toddler, or you know someone who works with families with infants and toddlers, that's a great place to start. And you can download my free infant toddler development blueprint at strengthinwords.com slash blueprint. Awesome. Thanks again for uh, coming on the podcast, Ayala. Yeah, thanks for having me, Ward. It was fun. This episode has been brought to you by MemberSpace, membership software anyone can use to easily turn their existing website into a membership business. You can learn more by visiting memberspace.com.